worked out on Good Friday. Usually, I know back home, we usually do, you usually do like a crawfish boil or some type of boil like that on a Good Friday. There's always some good food going on, so prepare the week occasionally. Amen. Amen. But man, I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. We're in our new series entitled The Nature of God. Y'all say The Nature of God. And you guys online, thank you for joining with us this morning as well. Uh, glad you're with us this morning. And last week we talked about the nature is in the name. The nature is in the name. And all that simply meant was the nature of God was simply in his name. And for the first time in humanity in, in Exodus, he allowed us to, re he revealed to us his name, which was Yahweh. And he said it twice, Yahweh, Yahweh. And we went through that and it said that what was the nature of his name? He's a consistent God. He's a connected God. He wants to connect with you. He's a God of covenant. He wants to make a covenant with you, and he's a commissioning God, meaning that he wants to commission you out to go do the work that he's called you to do. Amen? And so that leads us to week two, which we're here today. And today's title, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is What's He Like? What's He Like? And also, if you're wanted to take notes or follow along. All the notes are on our app. You can even go on our app and listen to previous sermons. If you missed those, those on our app, just go to Apple Store or the Google, uh, Google Play and just search for New Life Church or Mobile, and you'll see the app there. Let's do this. Let's just open up in prayer, and then we'll get right into the word. Amen? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your presence. We feel it so strong in the room today. I thank you, Lord God, for the awesome worship that went forth that ushered us into your presence and just we were able to sing songs as a body of believers and just to magnify and exalt your name. I thank you that you touched our hearts during the worship and that you would touch our hearts through the word as well. Open up our hearts to receive what you would have to say today as we go deeper into the nature of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. What's he like? What is God like? You know, when I was thinking about what someone is like, you always think about, or at least I do, is in the dating phase. When you get to know someone in a dating phase, you get to know, what is this person like? What is this person like? And it's in the dating phase that some people, I'm like, I don't think y'all understand what the dating phase is. It's for you to get an opportunity to see who the person is and who they really are. And I have a funny story to share. I know a guy that he was dating this girl and he thought that she was just this amazing cook. It's like no matter what she brought to the table, the food was amazing. And he was like, oh my goodness, I found myself a winner. But little did he know that after they got married and they got settled in the home, it was the mother that was doing all the cooking. The girl's mom was doing all the cooking. She would show up early before the guy would come over and she would prepare all the meals, and then she would skedaddle and leave, and then she would be left with the guy, and he's looking like, oh my goodness, my, I found one that can cook, but little did he know. That's why you gotta make sure you're watching when they cook. <laughs> you gotta go in the kitchen, let me see what type of, type of seasonings you're putting on this. Now how long, now, now take me through the process again. Now how did, now how did you prepare the chicken? How, how did you prepare the meatloaf? And uh, you gotta make sure because you get to know who a person is like during the dating phase. Now, somebody laughed a little bit hard. I hope that wasn't you. You didn't pull a, a fast one like that as well. 
But it's true. In the dating phase, you have to make sure that you're getting to know who that person is because it's all exciting. It's all great because you, you're getting the attention and you're spending time and hanging out with someone. But don't miss the important part of who is this person really like? And that's like with our relationship with God. We can't get enamored with all these things around God that we don't forget. Who is God really like? What is God's real nature? You know, God, he could have made himself anything that he wanted to be. But you know what he decided to do? He made himself others consciousness. I'm sorry, others conscious. Where he said, you know what? Instead of putting all the focus on me, I'm going to think about others. I'm going to care about others because my whole life I'm going to even give my son to show the world how much I love them because you know why I care about others he's other conscious he described he could have described himself as anything but the one attribute that he said was I'm going to put others before myself I'm going to think about others and that's who the God is that we serve he's a God that places others before ourselves and when we think about that in those terms of following God and whose God's nature is, it should cause us or cause us to look uh, internally and say, does my relationship with God cause others to think that I put others before myself? Do my co-workers on the workplace, do they believe that I'm a Christian by the example or the way that I carry myself? Do my family members, do they know that I'm a Christian just because I put others before myself? Because our God, there's throughout Scripture, it shows time and time again where he cares for his people. And we're going to dive into that a little bit. And this is our main text that we're going to be reading from today. It's from Exodus chapter 34, verses 6 through 7. This is our main uh, text for today, Exodus chapter 34, verse 6 through 7. It says, Then the Lord passed in front of me and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, God, compassionate and gracious, Compassionate and gracious. We're going to focus on those two words. Compassionate and gracious. Slow to anger and abounding in, un in loving kindness and truth. He keeps loving kindness for thousands who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. Yet he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Visiting the iniquity of fathers on the children on and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations. And in this passage... God wrote this passage in such a way that he wanted everyone for all generations to remember what he wrote. So he wrote this in the style of, of, of poetry, or it, it came out in the, in the form of poetry where he wanted to be so eloquent. He wanted to articulate it in such a way that he says, this is so important. I want you to remember this. I want you to remember this and remember those two words that we're going to focus on, compassionate and gracious, compassionate and gracious. And those two words in the Hebrew, they translate to this, Rahum Hanun. Y'all want to say that with me? Y'all want to say some Hebrew? Say Rahum Hanun. You know with the Hebrew, you got, you got to, but don't spit on anybody. Rahum, which is compassionate, and Hanun, which is gracious. We're going to look into those two words today. We're going to explore that a little bit today. So the first thing about God that we need to know is that who is he like? Our God is a compassionate God. He's a compassionate God. That's Rahum, right? You can write that down. First thing is our God is a compassionate God. He's a God of compassion. And this word Rahum, it comes from the root word womb. It comes from the root word 
womb. And it's a feminine term, meaning that the womb of a, of a mother's belly, the womb of a woman. And isn't God so great that he designed us, male and female, that there are certain things that women can do and there are certain things that men can do, but we can't do them both. And I'm thankful that God didn't make men with a womb. Could you marry, I mean, could you marry, could you imagine men carrying babies? Men are not nurturing at all. We'd be walking around, man, I wish this thing get out of my belly. I just, man, just, I'm tired of all this. And boy, we would complain and we would mumble. But you see a woman that's pregnant, she's, oh, this is my bump. <laughs> and she's so gracious and, and she's even in pain. She's like, oh, don't touch my belly. It's just mine. I can rub, but you don't touch. And, but a mother is, nature, is nurturing. She's, she's so compassionate about the womb because she knew that there's life on the inside of her. And God designed women in such a way that they're nurturers, that they're natural nurturers. I remember when Camden was born, uh, there was a natural nurturing instinct that came over tomorrow. I didn't have that. When Camden was born, she wasn't colicky, but she did cry a lot. And at the time when we first got married, we had a one-bedroom apartment. And, and so she had her little bassinet right next to our bed, and then we knew when 9 o'clock comes, she's going to turn on the, the crying. It's, she's going to turn it on high, high beam. And so we would dread 9 o'clock coming because I know I have to go to work in the morning. Tomorrow's like, I'm going to be all day here. I'm going to be here with her all day tomorrow. You can't leave me. And so she would dread me going to sleep at night. And so I remember several nights, Camden would be in the little bassinet crying, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, would you please make the baby stop? Just please stop. You think we should call the doctor? You think, you think there's anything more that we could do? I'm like, we've done everything that we could do. We fed her. We've changed her. We burped her. We've held her. We just put her in the hallway, and maybe she'll stop crying. <laughs> and we would just roll her in the hallway. <laughs> but see, I'm not a nurturer. <laughs> I was just to get her to stop. I don't want to hear this noise. I got to get up to go to work in the morning. But God didn't create us in a way. I know that y'all judging me, but y'all know that's okay. That's okay. She's alive and she's doing well. She's right here. But she goes to sleep on time now. <laughs> nice routine. But it's a nurturing that comes from a mother. There's a natural nurturing that comes from, from women. And I know when we think of nurturing, we naturally think of women. But guess what? God is a nurturer. That same desire that's in a woman is stronger even in God. God is a God that nurtures. And so what does that mean for us? That means this, that we should leverage God's compassion. We should leverage God's compassion. Meaning this is that I would consider myself a strong person, not physically, but just I feel like I could deal with a lot. I could carry a lot. But just because I could deal with a lot and carry a lot doesn't mean I should carry it myself. That I have to leverage my, my God's compassion say, you know what, God? I know I can handle this, but I would rather give it to you. Yeah. And I'm going to give this to you, and I'm going to lay it down because I know you are a compassionate and nurturing God. And you see what's going on. You see what I'm walking through. So I give this to you, and I take your compassion. We have to leverage God's compassion and his nurturing side because he does want to nurture you. And I'm just like, I never thought of God that way. Well, you should because he's a nurturing God. He's a compassionate God, and he wants 
to protect you. That's the thing. The first thing was that motherly instinct. The second thing is mothers have a protective nature. They have a protective nature. Now, this is another funny story. This is a true story. So there was this young guy in high school. He was assisting a, um, a Bible study group at a college. So he's just helping assist. Like the leader of the group uh, graduated college, and he was working with him, and he wanted him to assist him in the Bible study at college. So the young guy, he's going to the group, and of course, young guys, their hormones are raging. And he took a liking to one of the young ladies in the life group. And the, the leader was trying to explain to him, he's like, hey man, I understand that you really like, like this girl, but you don't have a chance. You're in high school, she's about to graduate. It's not gonna happen. So I'm not trying to tell you that you don't, I'm, I'm just trying to spare you the emotions of, but I love her, she's all I think about. And he's all emotionally tied up into this and to the point where he tells his mother. And so the mother calls the leader and says, I need to have a talk with you. My son told me that there's a young lady that he's interested in and, and you, won't, you won't allow him to go pursue that young lady. And then he's like, he's sitting back like, I didn't say that. I just was thinking to myself, I'm just trying to spare his feelings because the girl has shown plenty of times she is not interested in him. Well, my baby has the heart of a lion. <laughs> and the leader says, down the hallway, he could hear the son yell out of the room, that's right, mama. <laughs> but, but what is that? That's the mother protecting her son. The motherly instincts come out and says, I need to protect my son's feelings. Oh, my son, he can do whatever he wants. And if, or, or if a child gets in trouble at school, it's always the, the teacher's fault. It's not the child's fault. Oh, not my baby. <laughs> my baby would never do that. It's like, well, maybe your baby would. You just, that's that little motherly protection. But mothers have a, I got a teacher and was saying, amen. <laughs> but, it's, but mothers have this natural protective instinct. Guess who else has a protective instinct? God. He has a protective instinct where he wants to protect you from every snare and every attack of the enemy. We know that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to protect. God wants to protect you from everything that the enemy throws your way. He's just waiting for you to say, come to me and receive my protection. I'll show it to you. In Luke chapter 13, verse 34, it says, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I wanted to gather you, that's protection, how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. He's saying, I'm offering my protection, but you wouldn't let me. Don't let that be you. God is offering your protection. He's saying, oh, his protection. He said, I'm gathering all these things. I want to gather you. I want to cover you like a hen does her chicks. I want to protect you from everything, but you just have to allow me to. But so much we try to hold on and say, you know what, I got this, God. Just let me do it my own strength, and I'll figure it out. And then after that, then I'll try to give it your chance. I'll give it your, your, your chance if, if I don't figure it out myself. But God is like, no, 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 no. Come to me. I offer protection for you. And the compassion, it stems from two things. God's compassion. He's a compassionate God. 
Rahim. It comes from two things. It comes from, the first thing is this, the eyes of compassion. God has eyes of compassion. What does that mean? That means he's looking to and fro to see who can I shower my compassion on. He's constantly looking. Who can I shower with my compassion? Who can I shower with my compassion? I'm looking to and fro. He's constantly looking. Who's going to be it today? Who's going to be the child that, that I show my compassion to today? He sees everything that you walk through. There's not one thing that you walk through that God doesn't see. Now, I know the enemy would try to lie to you and tell you that that's, that that's not true. But God sees everything that you walk through. Well, if God sees, why did he allow me to happen? Because he's offering you his compassion. It's an opportunity for you to receive his compassion. And there's many things that I've experienced in my life that I've walked through that at different seasons, I was just sharing this with two of my friends that showed up today this morning, that God will always show you different things that he, was, that he has compassion for you that you walk through at just the right time. At just the right time when you need encouragement, at just the right time when you feel like you're about to let go and you don't have the strength, God will whisper to you or he will bring people in your life encouraging words to say, I see. Why is that? Because he has eyes of compassion. He sees everything that you walk through. But we have to be free to say, you know what, God? I give you the things that I walk through. Just because he sees the things that you walk through, you still have to communicate those things to him. And let him know that, hey, these things are troubling my heart. These things are weighing heavy on me, God. And God says, thank you. That's all I need. Eyes of compassion. And I'll give you what you need. Amen. He's always watching with eyes of compassion. And not only does he have eyes of compassion, he has a heart of compassion. What is this? This is a feeling of responsibility. God has a feeling of responsibility towards you. Any parent would have a sense of responsibility for their children. Why would God be any different? Why would he be any different? He has a strong sense of responsibility towards you. Whatever that you go through, whatever your needs are, he wants to provide for you because he has a heart of compassion. He feels for you. He feels the responsibility. And out of that heart of compassion comes two things. It comes sympathy and empathy. Sympathy and empathy. The sympathy comes in where it says God sees and he feels for you. He's, he's oh, I hurt for you. Oh, I, I mourn with you. Oh, I walk with you. But thank God he doesn't just stop there, but he steps into empathy and says, not only do I feel, but I'll walk with you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to put my arm around you, and I'm going to walk side by side with you through this heavy burden that you're dealing with. I've heard uh, empathy, uh, sympathy and empathy explained this way. Sympathy is you see someone drowning in the water, and you throw them a life raft. Empathy is not only do I give you the life raft, but I'm jumping in the water to go save you. That's what God does. God, he not only just sees the need, or, or the, but he says, no, I'm jumping in the water with you. I'm coming in after you. I'm coming to save you. I'm coming to rescue you. That's the empathy of God. That's the God that we serve. So who is God? He's a God of compassion. He has eyes of compassion, and he has a heart of compassion where he cares about everything that you walk through. And we have to make sure that we're in a place where we can receive God's compassion. Amen? So he's a compassionate God. Who is God? He's a compassionate God. The second thing is the gracious part. God is a God of grace. God is a God of grace. Hanun. Hanun. So what is grace? There's a Hebrew word 
called, like not hen, but kin. I'm, say, I'm trying to get my, my right. Kin. Y'all say kin. It's like hen, but a K in front. Kin. I'm trying not to spit on the mic. But it's a, it's a Hebrew word that means grace. A Hebrew word that means grace. Grace, what is grace? It's showing generous favor and the spirit of gladness to someone that is undeserving. All grace is, is I'm going to give you something that you do, truly do not deserve. I don't deserve salvation. But guess what? Because of God's grace, he gives me salvation. I don't deserve to be forgiven. But guess what? Because of his grace, I'm forgiven. There's so many things that I don't deserve, but because of God's grace, he says, you know what? Even though you're undeserving, I still will give it to you. In his grace, he took his son. Jesus took on all the sin of humanity, all the sin of humanity, that bitter cup of sin. He took on all the sin of humanity, all because we could be free, all that we could be saved so we could be forgiven. And because of God's grace, he says, you know what? I'm going to take this weight off of you. I'm going to put it on my son for him to carry the weight. But this is all for your freedom. This is all for your victory. It's God's grace. It's grace. And grace is a beautiful thing. It's a very beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing given to an undeserving person. And man, isn't that a humbling thought? How many times do we feel in ourselves we're undeserving of God's grace? All the mistakes that we make, all the problems that we self-inflict, but God is still there to say, you know what? I forgive you. My arms of compassion are still here. My arms of grace are still here. There's no other person that would do that but God. Because humans, we'll get to a point where it's like, you know what? Your luck has run out, buddy. I've had just about enough of you. I've given you chance after chance after chance, and this is the last chance. And our grace runs thin sometimes, but not God. Thank God he's not a God that his grace runs thin. But he says, you know what? No matter how many times you come back to him, he's there with arms wide open because he's a gracious God. He's a God of grace. And not only is what this is the two things that his grace does. His grace, it lifts. His grace, it lifts. It lifts the needy. It lifts the undeserving, those that don't feel like they deserve. He, his grace lifts those that feel like, I'm not worthy to be, child of God, to be called a child of God. But he says, yes, you are. You are my child. You are worthy. And he lifts you with his grace. And that's why we could come boldly into his presence and ask for anything because of his grace that says, you know what, even though I'm undeserving and he, he, and he showered his grace on me, I can boldly come because he's marked me as a child of God. Because his grace, it lifts. It's, it, it lifts. It's, his grace lifts. It's like giving a generous gift to a murderer. Giving a, a precious gift to a murderer. Now, you, you guys know the story right before Jesus' crucifixion that they said it's customary that we release one prisoner each year. And they said, who do you want to release, Jesus or Barabbas? And the whole society said, give us Barabbas, the murderer. Give us him. That's who we want. So you want to freely, and I'm going to preach a message on this in a couple of weeks too, so that's just a preview. <laughs> but they decided that they wanted the murderer instead of the life giver. 
They wanted the, the murderer instead of the one that was full of compassion and grace. That's who they decided that they wanted. Uh, so a person undeserving of his grace, but they say, give us the murderer. No one in their right mind would say, why, well, why would you do that? Because they didn't want Jesus. They hated him and rejected him so much that they said, we don't want your grace. Just give us the murderer. But Jesus and God, their grace, it lifts us. Amen. Not only do the grace lifts, but it also it gives. It's a, he's a generous God. He's a God filled with generosity. His grace is so generous. There's so many times I've come to God with a need and God met those needs that I can't even count them. Why? Because he's a generous God. He's a generous God. His grace brings gladness. There's so many times I've come into his presence and I'm like, God, this, is, this just seems like it's too much to, for me to bear. It's too much for me to walk through. I don't know how I'm going to overcome this. And yet he turns my sorrow into gladness because his grace, it lifts. And his grace, he gives. He gives freely of his gladness. So if you're walking through a situation when you feel like this is a helpless, hopeless situation and you feel like there's no hope, no joy, no peace, let God give you the gift of grace because it lifts. His grace, it gives, and he gives you gladness. He gives you joy for your, I'm sorry, he gives you joy for your mourning. Amen. God, he don't only give gifts, but he gives good gifts. He gives gifts like his son. He gives gifts like the Holy Spirit. Those are some, I don't can't think of two better gifts than that right there. His son and the Holy Spirit. He freely gives us those gifts. And they said, they're all your access. All you have to do is just receive them. Why? Because his grace, he gives. He gives good gifts. He gives good gifts to his children. And the Holy Spirit is there for you to receive at any time. So God is a God of compassion, but he's also a God of grace. So if someone say, what is God like? He's a God of compassion. He's a God of grace. And I feel like our lives should be marked like that as well. And I want to I want to close with this story. This is everybody's familiar with this story. This is the story of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10. We know the story. There's a man. He's traveling down the road and he gets attacked by robbers and and they they beat him and they rob him and they leave him almost half dead. And then it goes on to say that a priest came down the road and he saw him. The priest looked at him, but he kept on going on the other side of the road. Then a Levite came. And the Levite saw him, and he looked over at him. But he says he also kept going and went down the road. But then the despised Samaritan, it says that he saw him and that he walked over to him and he took oil and wine and he cleansed his wounds. He bandaged his wounds and then he put him on his donkey and took him to an inn and paid for his night's rest. And he said, if there's anything else that comes to charge, I'll pay for that as well. And he took care of him. What is that? Not only did he have eyes of compassion, but he had a heart of compassion as well. He saw the man's need, but he says, I'm not going to just see it. I'm going to move into a heart where it says, I'm going to move and I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to give, give generously. He saw the man. He felt compassion. He lifted him and he gave generously. I feel like that's what our life should be about. This should be a model we should all live by. We see, we feel, we lift we give. We see, we feel, we lift, and we give.
That should be a model we all live by. We see, we feel, we lift, and we give. And I promise you, if you live a life like that, that is a satisfying life and a life full of purpose. Because you'll be doing this to the least of these and you'll be doing it unto God. And your reward in heaven will be so great that you can't even believe it yourself. You're like, wait, I did all this? Yes, you did. Because you saw, you felt, you lived, and you gave. That should be a model we should all live by. And I just pray that, I just want everyone just to bow their heads and I just want to pray this over you today. God, I just pray that you would open up our hearts. You watching online, I want to pray for you as well. God, I just pray that you would open up our hearts and soften our hearts that we would see the need. The Lord God, that not only that we see, but that we would have a heart of compassion that moves into action. Cause us to just not just see, but to move into action. The good Samaritan, he saw, but he moved into action. God, he sees, but he moves into action. And I thank you that you make us a people that move into action when we see a need. I thank you, Lord God, that we're moving towards a heart of compassion and a heart of grace. And I thank you that if you need God's compassion, freely receive it today. If you need God's compassion, you know who you are. Just ask God, God, I need your compassion. God, I need your grace. If you need his grace, just receive it in this moment right now. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in our hearts in this moment. I thank you, Lord God, that you're causing us to see, to feel, to lift, and to give. The God of compassion, the God of grace, such a good, good father, such a good, good father. You give good gifts. Lord, we honor you. We worship you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm just asking everyone just to keep their head bowed and their eyes closed. And I just want to give one final invitation. That's to anyone in here uh, today that maybe you don't have a relationship with God. And we've been talking about God's grace and you felt undeserving. You said, I, I realize that I'm, I'm undeserving of God's grace, that there's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I've done that will make me be right with God. But today, after hearing this message, I want to surrender my life to God. I want to come in right relationship with God. If that's you in here today with no one looking around, maybe you're online watching, and you say, this message has touched my heart. God has been speaking to me, pulling on me. I want to surrender my life to him. I want to pray for you as well. But if there's anyone in the room that says, I want to surrender my life to God, with no one looking around, just lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm just ask, ask everyone just to place their hand over their heart and just repeat this after me. Say, Holy Spirit, I thank you for coming into my heart and forgiving me of all my sin. I thank you that I have a new life today in you. And I bind every lie of the enemy that try to tell me otherwise, that I am a child of God, that I am made right with God and that my sin is forgiven. And I thank you, Lord, for a glorious future in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. <laughs> Hallelujah. And if you prayed that uh, prayer and you're in the room, in the seat back in front of you, there's a card that says, let's connect. On the back side of that, it says, I made a decision. Just fill that out and drop it in the offering bucket. 
on the way out. But come on, and if you made that decision online, just drop a comment in the comment section. Let us know that you made a decision. We'd love to follow up with you throughout the week as well. Come on, let's give it up one more time for those that made a decision to follow Christ this morning. Amen. Well, guys, we love y'all. Thank you for tuning in. Well, before we close, we're going to pray for the offering before we close. And also, there's a few ways that you can give. If you're watching online, you can give on our app. You can go to our website at newlifemobile.org. You can give there on the home page. There's a tab that says give. Just click the link. Or you can go to our website or Facebook page to get the mailing address, and you can mail in a check as well. But we're going to pray for the offering, and then you guys will be dismissed. Lord, I thank you for the uh, offering that's coming in today. I thank you, Lord God, that you bless your people. I thank you for the generosity of those that are given today. I pray that you meet each and every person's need. Bless everything that comes in today. Multiply it. Stretch it, Lord God. Let it be more than enough. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We love you guys. We see you this Wednesday for prayer. Also, next Sunday for Easter Sunday, come join us in the building. After service, we're going to have an Easter egg hunt for the kids and for the parents as well. So it's going to be a great, great Sunday. We love y'all. Come join us again next Sunday for Easter Sunday. We love to see you in the building. Y'all have a great week. Amen.